Hello and welcome to Nested Folders, a productivity podcast about doing this and then that and then that other thing and also managing this and handling those things over there. I'm Scotty Jackson and joined as always by the wonderful Rosemary Orchard. Hey Rose, how are things? I mean, why are you looking into my life so deeply, Scotty? Like, it's it's good to talk mm. to you, but ah, I'm scared. Why, why are you spying on me? Yeah. Or at least that's how it feels. I mean, because all those things, all the things... Uh, hi, everybody. If you're new here, welcome. It is so nice to have you. Uh, we are Nested Folders, a productivity podcast about trying to live your best life and get all the great things done. Uh, you can find our entire back catalog of episodes at nestedfolderspodcast.com or in your favorite podcast listening device or application. And if you love what you hear and would like to support us and even get a bonus episode every month and have access to ways to ask us anything and maybe challenge us and inspire a uh, episode topic just right after you, uh, you can do that by hitting us up at nestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested, where we would love your support. Rose, what I, I mean, as I, as I alluded to in the intro, yeah, I wanted to talk about managing life and situations when, when all the things are coming in. There's not just a high volume of work, but a lot of different pieces of work. Maybe it's big things, maybe it's small things, but there's a lot of them and how one manages through, you know, task switching and flipping back and forth and prioritizing. How do you choose? How do you wrangle? Yeah. How do you deal with all of these things? There is so much, Rose. I know. What do I do? I mean, this is one of those things that it happens periodically to everybody. You know, even with the best planning in the world, uh, somebody comes along and just throws a wrench right in there. Right. It, and it might be a life thing happens, like, I don't know, your your parents' car alarm goes off at uh, three o'clock in the morning, uh, only they're not there. So you get woken up by your parents phoning you uh, slightly later at three o'clock in the morning, fortunately in my case, and you have to go over to their house and find the spare car key and fix the fact that the car alarm is going off so that their neighbors are not happy. Or maybe it's that your neighbor's car alarm is going off all night. Or maybe it's just that this project that wasn't going to be for a few weeks of work is now. And that's something I had recently. And so, you know, the very first thing that I did when I found this out was, you know, the um, it's, it's something we teach school children here in the UK. Stop look and listen mm -hmm. when you're going to go across the road mm -hmm. like you, you get to the edge of the road and you stop and you look and you listen um and i feel like a lot of the time we're not very good at the stopping part we kind of see it more as a i'm just going to slow down but just keep cruising right through and whenever you you suddenly find that you're being hit with multiple competing priorities and there's just lots of things going on and something has just pulled itself up out of nowhere, like you need to kind of imagine a stop sign in front of you, even if it's a pit stop, okay? Formula One, you're in and then you're out. You need to do the stop, look and listen, where you stop and you look at what it is and you listen to the things that people are saying. And you, and then you also listen to yourself, mm. um, because what I often find when something like this comes up is that there is something that people are going right. So I need this thing, but it turns out that this thing is kind of more a meal in which there are multiple courses and there are separate dishes like within this. So you know, like if you just think of like a burger, you've got the bun and the burger and the fries and the salad. Um, and you know, maybe some garnish as well and some sauces and so on. And if you've got to make all of that, then you know, that's one big thing. But actually maybe you can break this down. 
Like maybe you can give them the fries as a starter and then you can give them the burger and salad as a main um, or something. And so what I what I try and do is I try and break things down into those smaller chunks. And I'll ask other people who are involved in this, hey, like I'm looking at this, um, you know, this is a big ask. It's come up very suddenly. There's a lot of things going on um, or just, you know, other other things are happening now. So I'm going to have to change how we handle this. This is how I'm planning on breaking this down, giving you these chunks out as I am able to do so. What do you think of that? Mm. And usually people really like that because you're telegraphing that you are aware that a lot of stuff is going on. They're not going to get something immediately, but you're telling them what they're going to get when. And I find that by doing that, it A, helps me because I know this is the chunk that I need to do first, and then I can do that chunk, and then I can do that chunk, and then I can do that chunk. Um, but it also means that I can often get people started on something. Um, you know, the worst thing hmm. in the world is when you get given a sudden new competing priority, there are three things going on and now there are four and all of these need to be done now, right now, that everybody else is sitting around waiting for you. And my brain hates that when it knows that there are people sitting around waiting for me too. Like that's not okay. Um, and that, hmm. you know, makes me feel very unproductive as well. Um, and so by breaking things down into smaller chunks, then they know, okay, well, when we get this bit, then we can start working on that part, which will then enable us to do this bit and this bit and this bit and so on and so forth. So that is what I often end up doing with things like that. Um, because also sometimes when you do this, you'll find that maybe maybe they don't need, you know, a deluxe gourmet, um, you know, like um, Wahyu beef burger. They're actually happy with the McDonald's Happy Meal. <laughs> It's true. Because sometimes all people need is just something that, that will get them through until the next thing. And so, you know, by, by stopping, looking, listening and asking some questions and then listening some more and listening to yourself, you may find that you don't have to deliver the whole thing immediately. They just need this bit right now. The rest of it can wait. Or they actually don't mm -hmm. need the thing that they originally thought they needed. They need a, uh, they need a much smaller thing. Um, that will deal with it. Or maybe it works out the other way and it, it turns out they need a much bigger thing. But then upon finding that out, they go, ah, but we can wait for that because, you know, we we we, we are not going to get that right now. So we're better off waiting and figuring out what other things that we need and putting this all together for you. Um, so yeah, it's certainly sure. worth doing, you know, the, hey, like, I need to borrow you for five minutes. This is what's happening. This is what I'm going to give you. What do you think about that approach? Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's, that's great. I think what that comes, what that speaks to is the importance of really inventorying and understanding what all the things even are. And so as all of these things come in, uh, capture here becomes incredibly, incredibly important. Uh, for me, I've been doing a lot of what I would call micro journaling. So I'm capturing not just tasks, but I'm capturing all the things that are coming in, uh, through, um, through my space, my head, my mind, so that I've got a reference point to hit back to, so that I'm I'm keeping tabs on all the thing, all of the things, so I I know what all of them even are when I can do like a day end reflection, and I think that I think that that's a really important first step in managing you know all of these various different various things. To your point, inventorying not just what they are, but what do they even mean, and um, getting to that next level down of, yeah, to what degree does this need to be handled? Does this need to be handled in the Excelsior, you know, 
Wagyu version, or is it the Happy Meal version? I think that's really important to understand as well. And I, I, I really love your your thoughts and advice about that. Um, I think that the other thing that I've been trying to work a lot with as much as I can is helping task switching happen as best as possible by batching. So, okay, if, I, if I've if i got these sorts of things to handle, well, I can kind of draw a circle around those and put them together and accomplish them together. And those other things, maybe I can do them sort of together. And blocking out calendar time for those batches is a really effective thing because what I, what I forget all of the time and relearn regularly, and then I'm sad that I'm relearning, is that there is definitely, definitely a cost to task switching. When you divert your attention from one area of thought to another area of thought, and then coming back, there's time that is involved in readjusting and uh, adapting mental models and ways of thinking and the content that you're even thinking about and the reference material that you need to have at hand. Moving from one portfolio or body of work or project or anything to another is, uh, it can be very costly. And so if that occurs over and over and over again, there's a lot of time just sucked into just moving around between things. I I, sometimes have these days where I feel like I'm working on 80 things, but contributing almost zero to all of them because most of my time is actually spent managing being diverted from one thing to the next thing. Uh, and so that uh, minimizing that, I think, is absolutely vital in terms of remaining as as productive and doing my best work as possible, um, is, is, is minimizing the number of times that I have to go through that. Definitely. And one of those things is, you know, as much as we love systems and we appreciate getting things out of our head and captured, there's still a certain amount of things going, hey, I need to be done. I need to be done. And sort of waving themselves around in your head, you know, um, you know, sort of raising a red flag here and there or just, you know, jumping out of the lifeboat. So you got to go scoop them back in going, no, I know that you're really urgent and critical, but so are all of the other things that are here. Um, And one of the things that I have found really helps me with this, um, and, you know, this, this works in a number of different ways, is the snowball effect. Um, and I think I first heard about the snowball effect when I was learning about um, the you need a budget, uh, well, budgeting money app, um, uh, management application. And the idea of uh, snowballing from that perspective is that you take your smallest debt and you pay that off first and then you work up to the biggest debt because it gives you that satisfaction um, sense of I did the thing. Well, guess what? It works with tasks too. Um, And Mm -hmm. this is one of those things where as much as context switching isn't great for you, sometimes when you've got a whole bunch of things and they're all kind of coming at you, like the best thing to do is just start with the smallest thing, knock it out, next biggest thing or next smallest thing and so on and so forth. And just whack out as many Mm. of those as you can in the first hour of your day. And then you move on to, you know, one of the big things that people keep asking about or something, you know, that you you need more, a, a longer period of time to work on. And I would say if you can, don't, like, as, as much as the snowball technique is start smallest and work to the biggest in exactly that order, scaling up, I would just give yourself a period of time at the beginning of the day where you knock out a bunch of the small tasks and then 
and then you go on to one of the big things, like the thing that needs a longer, more intense period of concentration um, or whatever it is, because that way you've got the sense of satisfaction of, I have done these things. You then have move on to something where you're not going to be switching off of it multiple times, um, hopefully, fingers crossed. Um, and then, and you get the, and I've moved the needle on this uh, side of it as well, giving you, you know, that, that, this is definitely progressing. We are getting to here on there. And I've knocked these other things out. Um, and one of the things I often find when I've got a bunch of stuff coming at me and there's competing priorities, it's really easy to let the ball drop on the little things, which suddenly become critical. You know, that urgent and important matrix. And you, you kind of, whenever you're looking at that, you kind of see like big blobs of the big things, but they take up, you know, a lot of space, even if they're very urgent, but not so important or very important, but not so urgent. And you kind of end up missing the mm. tiny little dots, which are the things that start creeping up towards the very <laughs> urgent and important side of things very quickly, um, just because, you know, you you didn't have time to just sit down and knock that out in a couple of minutes like you usually do. So I find by doing that, it makes me feel like I'm actually doing a lot better with these things. And also it gives people results that they can see. And especially if you are doing like a, I'm going to give you a chunk of this, being able to, you know give somebody the, the chunk of this that they need because that's a really small thing and then you move on to the big thing can be very helpful with just get that person off your back and move on to the next bit for now and then circle back you know later you're not waiting for them to go hey you forgot about me you're giving them something and then you move on to the next thing and there's a rotation system involved perhaps um, if there's you know multiple people asking for things for you from you but the snowball effect sure. is definitely something I use it daily, um, you know, just with all of the things. Um, and I also use it when I get um, pulled off of what I'm doing and then I need to get back. You know what? My concentration has been broken. OK, well, I'm, I'll knock at something small and then I'll get back to the big thing. You know, somebody called me because there was a problem. They needed my help on it. Fine. I answer the call. Um, sometimes I will tell people I need two minutes to wrap up what I'm doing and then I will call you back. Um, instead of letting them just straight up interrupt me. But once I've once I've handled whatever that is, I will then do a small thing and then get back to the big thing because that allows me to, you know, knock something else out while my concentration's already been broken and I've already had to do the task switching. Well, throw, throw one extra in there and finish something because sure. that helps your brain balance out that seesaw of switching things but getting things done. Absolutely. And I mean, it's also, it's also nice to think about, you know, even if I'm not handling the huge thing, I'm handling all of the distractions that keep me away from the huge thing so that I'm making room for the huge thing. I know I'm going to come back to that. So I, I, I like that approach a lot. The, the only caveat that I might offer is that sometimes I'm tempted to, you know, just continue to bang away the small things and then more small things come in. And then I procrastinate on the big things for too long mm -hmm. because I'm just, because I'm taking care yeah. of too many of the little yeah. things. So, I mean, everything in moderation, even moderation. Yeah, that's that's why I said like an hour at the start of the day or just one thing after you've, you know, been pulled off of it before you go back to the big one. You know, you do need to limit yourself there. And the other thing is, you know, just you've got to get the big thing done. Like don't necessarily start yeah. the day with the frog, start the day with the little frogs and work your way up to the toad. That's right. Yeah, eat, eat, uh, eat, eat the eat the tadpoles. Yeah, yeah, ta tadpoles um, first. <laughs> 
Yeah, I was I was going to say I love your idea of 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 time boxing because that then you know you're you're giving yourself the snowball effect quick wins you're giving yourself the dopamine hits of having accomplished things and checked stuff off and scratched stuff out but you're also limiting how long you're going to allow yourself to to do that before you get at some of the bigger things as as well I think another thing that I think about a lot when it comes to when it comes to task switching is when I'm going to task switch or when I have to. How do I put something down effectively? Oh, yeah. So how do I not, not just like drop this and then run away to the other thing? How do I stop what I'm working on in such a way that I am making it as easy as possible to pick up later? By that, I mean, does the thing that I am putting down have all the links to all of the other things that it needs? Uh, do I have a link to it? Have I captured it in a task management system so that I know what it is I'm even coming back to? Have I written adequate notes about it, you know, when I, so that future me will know what I was going to do next when it comes time to do that next thing? Have I put it in the place where I need it? Have I put it out of my area of view well enough that if I'm going to switch away from it, I am thoughtfully switching away from it? You know, sometimes I'll task switch and I'll put something down, but maybe I'll just like leave it you know, here so that it's at the ready. That's well-intentioned, maybe. Um, but seeing it out of the corner of my eye and feeling bad about it all day because I'm not doing it is probably not healthy either. So um, I think it's important to fully put something away. If, we're, if I'm going to task switch away from it, put it away. But put it away in the way that it is most easily found again and picked up from. So uh, I think I think not just how I'm doing work, but how I'm stopping work becomes a really interesting process to think about so that I can move as effortlessly as possible uh, between between bodies of work and, and different commitments. Yeah, this this reminds me very much of a, a great tutorial that is frequently memed on the Internet. Draw a circle, then draw another circle underneath it, then draw the rest of the owl. It's a tutorial for how to draw an owl. But guess what? Unless you know <laughs> what draw the rest of the owl means, you're going to be kind of stuck because you've got two circles and they're probably not even in the right place because guess what? The instructions weren't helpful enough. Um, and one of the things I like to pretend that I'm doing when I when I stop something and I know that I'm not going to be right back on this in like the two minutes it's going to take me to run to the bathroom and get a glass of water is I like to write instructions like I am an idiot. I will pretend that I'm giving this to somebody else who has no context. Um, and it doesn't necessarily need to be so detailed that there is absolutely no way that they can misunderstand things because a lot of the things that we that we do, or at least I do, this of course depends on you and your work, um, you know, there there are multiple methods to get to your end goal. Um, but describing what I've already done and the point that I am pausing at and therefore what I'm intending to do next. And it can just be a couple of sentences, um, you know, bullet points. They don't need to be complete sentences. But I found that by doing that, it A, helps crystallize in my brain where I'm at, which means that when somebody inevitably asks me for an update, because when you've got competing priorities, there's always somebody asking for an update, even if it's your own brain, then I've got it. I've got something that I can copy paste for them, basically. 
Um, but it also means that I then frequently end up solving my own problem because I've written down the point that I'm <laughs> stopping at. And usually if I'm stopping, it's because there's a problem of some kind. So I'm going to go move on to something else and then I'm going to come back to this. And that's something else that is quite a good tactic. When you've got competing priorities, but sometimes you don't have all the information that you need, or there's just, you know, a point where you hit a problem and you go, oh, right. Like I need some time to figure this out. But I'm probably just going to be hitting my head against a brick wall if I keep going, you know, like obviously you give yourself a bit of a chance to solve it. But then if you get stuck on it, like and, and you, you're just, you know, you're not sure or whatever it is, um, you know, you need to stop and wait for information for somebody else or somebody's going to call you back after lunch. I, I, I hit pause. I, I write a little note to myself about what's going on. And then I go pick up one of the other tasks. Even if it's not, you know, something humongously important, it's something else that's on the radar of the list of things that I need to get done. Um, and mm -hmm. frequently by moving on to something else, I will then end up solving the original problem that I had because I've given my brain a break, you know, that multi-threading pro like background processing thing. While you're doing the washing mm -hmm. up, you solve the problem of how to fix the car, whatever it is, you know, um, being, able, being able to take time away can help with that. But at the very minimum, then I'm, I don't feel like I have to turn around and say, yeah, so I spent most of yesterday afternoon being stuck on this problem and having looked at it this morning, it was really obvious what I was doing. I just missed this thing. How could I be so silly? Um, uh, but, you know, you're done. It's all good. So I personally think that, um, you know, we we can definitely take advantage of having two pause and context switch and add some pauses and context switching in there deliberately when you get stuck so that you can you know take full advantage of it but writing notes to myself and giving myself some instructions for the future um and throwing some links in there i i've been using safari tab groups for this actually scotty it's a pretty useful tool mm. because it allows me to just go hey here are a bunch of links that i've opened in multiple tabs cool i'm just gonna create a new tab group with these perfect now i have them all for later um and then i can just get rid of it when i don't need it anymore um but yeah that's that's one of the things i've been trying for sure. That's, and that's really good. And and then when it comes to the element of, of, of switching, you brought this up earlier, like the Eisenhower matrix of importance and urgency. I have a little, I have a little list of trigger words that I like to look at that remind me of, you know, how to think about a given thing and evaluate it quickly. And the trigger words involve things like, yeah, importance, urgency, cost, payoff, deadline, value, and feelings. Those are, those are, those are my like key trigger words to think about, you know, how do I, how do I prioritize and what do I do next? And granted that there's a lot of Venn diagram in those various different circles, but I think about, you know, yeah, what is the, what is the importance and what is the urgency? When is it, when is it due? Um, what is the, what is the effort involved in it? And this is that sort of big thing versus small thing conversation that we've that we've that we've covered you know is is this a small little piece of work or is this a big piece of work mm -hmm. and then what what about payoff um and when i say payoff i mean you know from a business perspective like you know, like what kind of if i do this little bit and it and it makes a big big difference well then there then there's a lot of then there's a lot of payoff to that value i see is kind of adjacent right like so it's um it's it's a flavor of of payoff, but maybe it also it sings a little bit into um, more 
more qualitative things like it doesn't have big payoff, but it'll make people around me happier. So there's value in ways in which they're not necessarily material payoff, but there's value. And then feelings, and those are just kind of my own. That's just kind of like, do I feel like doing one of these? And now granted, I should probably process that particular lens last. Um, as I look through these things and prioritize, because if I just did my favorite things all the time, mm-hmm. I would probably just be fired because, <laughs> because I would be, because I would be off doing my little pet projects that have nothing to do with anything and don't make anyone's life better but mine. Uh, and that's not, that's not what we're here for. We're, we're here to, we're here to do, uh, we're here to do work that, that contributes to everybody. Um, so, uh, so I think, I think I have to remind myself to pull that out because a lot of times I'll just feel, and I hate this word, busy. I think when you feel busy, that really means you're just kind of lost and you don't know what to do. I think that's what, I think that's what is codified in that word when I hear it. Because busy in that sort of traditional sense of I've got a lot going on right now is a truism. And everybody is busy all the time. Because information and content is everywhere, and so we're always busy. Um, so that's kind of that's kind of an uninformative um, way of defining state. But when I get to use that word, or when I feel like I need to use that word, that means not that I have a lot of things going on. Because, like I say, that's always true. It means I have a lot going on, and I'm not really sure about how I'm doing with any of it. That to me is what busy is. And so if I'm feeling busy, then that's a signal that uh, I need to sit back with my inventory of all of the things. And if I don't have one, (laughs) time to make one uh, and compare it up against that list of seven trigger words and say, "Am am I thinking about these things in the right way? And am I doing them in the right order and in a way that is rewarding? Yeah. And I I think that is something that is it's just really worth uh, thinking about, you know, am I doing these things in the right order? But also the the feels part of this, you know, like, do I feel like doing this? Well, sometimes, yeah, you you can't let that take, you know, take any pr- priority over the other things. You know, you've been told this thing is absolutely mit- mission critical. It must be done. It must be done ASAP. Nothing else can happen before this is done. Well, the fact that you want to go refill your stapler... I mean, maybe you can get away with refilling your stapler. Um, It depends whether or not you also have to drive to the office depot to buy staples, right? Um, But, you know, nothing else really can come between that. But if you've got a whole bunch of different things and they are all of equal priority, okay, then sometimes letting your feelings help guide you on what to pick first is going to be the right thing to do because it'll help guide you to the one that is going to give you that sense of, yes, I'm working on the thing. I'm getting this done. Woo-hoo-hoo. This is done. Awesome. Ship it. Next thing. Um, you know, that that can be very useful. But one of the things that you said there, Scotty, um, just reminded me of another tactic that I have, right? You know, the whole manager's axiom, okay? You ask for a time estimate and then you double it and you pass it on. Um, don't forget Mm -hmm. when you're telling people approximately when you think (laughs) things should be finished to give yourself a time buffer and give yourself a mental time buffer as well. If you think that something is going to take you three hours, give yourself three and a half or four hours. Why? It gives you a bit of time to run into problems Mm -hmm. and worst case scenario, you can pull a Scotty. Uh, Unfortunately, in this case, Scotty, I'm not referring to you, Scotty. I'm referring to Star Trek Scotty, Scotty. where, um, you know, Mm. I, I need eight hours to do this, Captain. It's done in two. 
um, you know, and you look like a genius. Okay. You don't have to tell people that you're done early. That that's something that you should remember. If you told them it's going to take uh, you six hours to do and you give it to them in six hours, it does not matter that you were finished in two and you've been working on other things for the last four hours. That's fine. Um, but give yourself a buffer. This way, when things go wrong, somebody else has another thing that's a priority for you um, comes up and says, hey, did you know about this thing? This thing must be done like ASAP. Go, go, go. Um, then you've got a bit of a time buffer in there. Um, so, you know, it's, it's certainly something that I always try to keep in mind. You know, if, if I'm asking somebody for an estimate or I'm giving somebody an estimate, I add a buffer. And I know they're going to add a buffer before they pass it on. And I know that they're going to add a buffer before they pass it on. Yes. But I've given myself a bit of extra buffer as well. Um, and especially if you're working with people who do not understand sometimes that I can give you an estimate, but I could be wildly wrong because you've not given me all the information I need or something is missing. We don't know what's happening right now, but we know that we don't have all the information. So we're going to start with what we got. But depending on the information that's missing and what we actually get in its place, that could significantly change things. And guess what? That's when estimates have to be revisited. If I'm working with somebody who doesn't understand that, then I'm going to give them a humongous estimate. Because, uh, you know, I can always pull <laughs> Scotty. Well, there's, and, and thank you. There's also a way, though, of thinking about that in the difference between estimating effort and estimating time taken. Because they're not the same thing, right? right? So like just because I can do this document in one hour doesn't mean that the document will be done one hour from now because that doesn't factor in the fact that um, Judith from accounting might phone me and and we need to talk about something for half an hour. Well, that's already – that's blown everything up, right? So I, if you think about the difference between effort and actual like time horizon, I think that that can be a really valuable thing because – I think adding a buffer generally accounts for that. And and so I, I, I love what you said about that because that's much, that's much simpler uh, way of expressing it to other people. But my effort estimates are usually pretty good, but the time horizon is the tricky bit. Like it, it, it will always just take me, you know, three hours to make this presentation. But then I have to also think about, you know, how many interruptions am I going to have? Um, and then finishing the presentation, d does that include getting it approved mm. and getting it reviewed and waiting for other people to see it? Maybe not. Maybe I was just thinking about my own effort. Oh, I got to think about other people's effort too, because the whole project has to consider these things. So, uh, so it's important to, to consider not just, um, it's important to consider effort and time horizon separately. And, and your, 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 your buffering thing, I think does probably does a pretty good job in, in managing that. Um, if, if you need a different mental model, then, then, then that sort of division could help. Definitely. And it's just something that is incredibly useful to know as well that, you know, other people may forget to add the buffer. Okay. Judith from accounting tells you, sure, I can give you those stats in 20 minutes. And then she falls down the stairs and <laughs> breaks her ankle. Guess what? Oh. She's not giving you those stats in 20 minutes. Um, she didn't add a buffer. You're going to need a bit of time. Now, obviously, some kind of emergency like that, you, you probably haven't planned for that in any buffer. But at the very least, giving her time to run into, uh, I don't know, uh, Rachel from HR and have a quick chat about this problem that, that cropped up that they found out about the other day and that they are in the process of resolving and that seems to be going well. 
Well, you know, if she runs into her quite literally in an office, then it's going to be pretty hard to just go, hey, sorry, no, can't talk, got to go do the thing. Like, you know, you can do that sometimes, but you do it all the time. People think you're rude. Um, though sometimes telling people, like, I've got to run, <laughs> I've got to go deal with some other stuff that's a problem, but I'll get back to you later when I'm freer to to handle this stuff can, can definitely work. Um, but yeah, add, add a buffer onto whatever other people are telling you as well when they say, yeah, it can be done in 20 minutes, I'll, I'll get it to you then. It, Give them at least 30. That's a good point. That's a great point. Rose, th thank you so much. This is this has been helpful as always. I feel like I can uh, go back to the stack and piles of all of the things that I need to be working on and and do that with a little bit more confidence. I feel a little bit just that much more ready to to give this a go here. Yeah, I think that just points to the uh, the importance of giving yourself a little break when you have all of these things as well. There's nothing wrong with stopping and going and getting some coffee and giving your brain a chance to relax. And then, you know, when you come back, you'll feel refreshed, ready to tackle things and see everything from a new point of view. Or listening to a podcast. Hey, thanks for listening to this one, folks. Uh, we sure appreciate having you here. Uh, again, nestedfolderspodcast.com is where you can find all of our episodes. And uh, again, if you'd like bonus episodes, uh, ask us anything, um, challenges, and support uh, the work that we do, uh, we would love that. Uh, you don't have to, but we love it if you do. Nestedfolderspodcast.com slash unnested. You can tweet with us at nestedfolders on the Twitter and inbox at nestedfolderspodcast.com is where we can be reached. Uh, but also as human people on the internet, we can be found as individuals. Rosemary Orchard, where might that be for you? Uh, for me, the best place to go is rosemaryorchard.com, which has links to all the things I do around the internet, including links back to this wonderful podcast. And of course, you can find me on Twitter and micro.blog or the username Rosemary Orchard. Scotty, where can people find you? Uh, I may be found at heyscottyj.com on the internet or uh, on Twitter at heyscottyj. As always, Rose, this has been just an awesome discussion. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again soon. Goodbye, everyone.